0: Hello and welcome to Property Mastermind podcast episode 94 with Hilary Sexton and Bob Anderson. You're in for a special episode this week, property investing versus property developing, which is right for you. Bob and I will unpack this and hopefully leaving you with some very good food for thought and some strategies around moving forward in whichever direction that may be. So let's jump into episode 94. To episode 94, as I said, property investing versus property developing, which is right for you. Hey, Bob, yep, welcome, thank you, yep, good to be here. It's good to be here. We're in, a, we're somewhere else right now, we're not where we normally are, but anyway, no. people don't generally know, do they? Might sound a bit different, different mics today, yeah, different mics, yep. yeah, well, just for today, just for today. What do you got in your hand there, giving away, giving away the book, oh Property yeah. Millionaires Exposed, this week going to Andrew. Spendsour. Spendsour. It's a difficult mm, it's last difficult. name. That it's a one. Last one. Straight to page one twenty one, mate. Yep. It's where
1: it all—that's where the action is. It's it's
0: the it's property all, development action. It's where it's all happening. <laughs> that will be in the post to you. I've been speaking to Andrew this week. Might have been a reason, a little bit of an inspiration for the reason for the podcast even. Oh, really? A little bit. Hmm. Oh, we're talking about property investing and property developing. And yeah, he was saying he was actually saying some really kind words about a past mentoring student mm-hmm. who's who does a bit more investing and he'd been doing some work with him, oh great, yeah, bit of a buyer's agent, uh, yeah,'d like to hear those stories yeah, he was it, it, he said, oh. It was Sam, actually. He said, did Sam oh, go Sam, through yeah. your program? I was like, yeah, he did. Sam mm. came through with his mum, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I've yeah. heard Sam on a few podcasts. He doesn't actually credit you all that often. Sam Gordon? Mm. Yeah,
1: well, he's one of ours. Yeah. That's Other good. people might try and claim him, but this is where yeah. it all happened.
0: Yeah, it is where it all happened. Anyway, Bob, yep. let's do this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read it. The topic for today is property investing versus property developing, which is right for you?
1: Mm. right for you now.
0: That's exactly it, which is right for you now. Mm. And I think that that's yeah. something you need to take into account, the yeah. word now. Mm. Mm. Because we, we
1: we develop, well, I hope well, <laughs> it's a funny word to use, isn't it? We develop. What I mean by that is we advance, don't we, ourselves. In life. In life. Yes. yeah. And, and our needs and our wants and our desires aren't always the same. No. And as things change for us, perhaps as we get more confident or Our goals change.
0: Or we have children or we start earning more money or Mm. we start earning less money because we have children. We earn more money but we have less money because we have children. All of that sort of stuff that happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So things don't stay the same forever. No. Shouldn't. Yeah. So investing and then moving up to development.
0: Can I just... We'll come back. Property investing. We're talking about investing in in properties and renting them out. That's yeah. what we do. We're not talking about invest money investing. We're no. talking about investing in properties, purchasing investment, So getting the rent. Yep. Yeah. Which is are you? Which is right for you to buy and hold properties or mm. to develop properties? Of which some you might hold and some you might sell.
1: Yeah. 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 It, when I heard that, it, it reminded me of it's, it's a lot of it's about confidence. Yes. And I was thinking about uh, people when they start off. You know, quite often, they're, let's say you start off in a rental situation. That's not for everybody, but and then you think, oh, I want to, I want to buy my own home. You know, mm. I want to get out of the out of the rent thing. And so, pluck up some courage, save some money, and make the commitment, sign a contract, purchase a property. And that can be a bit daunting for some people as well. You know, the legal documents, the mortgages, taking on a twenty-year commitment. Yeah. You know, all these sorts of things. But anyway, you do it and and now they own their home and 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 so they're they're comfortable now that's the the comfort level but then they start to think well look i'm not really going to get ahead in life unless i do something unless i'm a bit more proactive so you start thinking about investment properties and so you might buy your first investment property and that can be a step out of the comfort level again uh, because you know you might be taking on quite a lot of debt and quite often you know when we buy investment properties we our property that we live in, our principal place of residence, goes up in value and then we we'll refinance. We take the equity out of that to buy the investment property and that investment property could be easily 100% debt and and it takes sometimes a little bit of courage to do that.
0: I remember doing all of those things. Yeah, you, going, you did it young, didn't you? Yes, I bought my first property when I was 18 and I renovated it as well. Yeah, um, you learned a bit on that one, but anyway, yeah, <laughs> but anyway, you a, get there.
1: As you do, as so. you do.
0: But then so that,
1: that must have been a big thing at the time. An eighteen-year-old, I'm sure you are quite a mature eighteen-year-old, and a fem- I, I, and a female. Because an eighteen-year-old female maturity-wise is way back about then. Twenty-three-year-old male or something is it? But
0: no, the other way around. I think way back then I was probably always a bit of a, bit of a charger hitter. But I remember going to the bank mm. and applying for my first loan, yep. and I got declined. Oh, tragedy. Then I How couldn't come? believe it. What did you get declined? You know what? The, and I was the guy, the, the bank manager, young guy, yeah. I'd gone to school with him.
1: Oh, I know. he asked you out once and you declined. No, he's yeah, getting me back. Get just, I'll decline your loan. You declined. I actually. You know, I, when I, you I
0: couldn't once. believe it because I ticked all of the boxes. I didn't really yeah. understand. And I probably just, at 8, 18, I probably So what did you do did, then? I just went to another bank. A- and, A- and, that, and that one worked? Yeah, fine. Still, still have the same account with them today. I still remember the bank account number. <laughs> So, which, which bank? Oh, that was the ANZ. Oh. Well, it wasn't the ANZ, I think. Then I think they've merged. Uh, this is in New Zealand, of course, so mm. they merged with another bank. Well, prior mm. to that, it was another bank. It was the green one. Oh, can't remember. Green bank. Yeah, it's, it was a few haircuts ago. Yep. Yes, yeah, so okay. – but then then doing that whole refinancing and buying mm. my first investment property yep. after I'd renovated my own. So there was always that, that, that drive yeah. to realise I wanted to do something else or mm. wanted to make more money.
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah, and, and that's what you did, and you went along that path and you've done at least 20-something of them since then. So,
0: But I didn't keep them all, so I didn't yeah. stay as an investor.
1: No, no. Only
0: a couple. I think the most at one time was probably six. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I did the same when I started property development. It, it took several years before I woke up to the fact I should be keeping some of those mm. things I've developed instead of just selling them. But, you know, we learn. We so, know. I was talking about comfort levels, and you're an expert on that because I've heard you lecture on it, I've heard you talk, I've seen you write articles on it. And for a lot of people, and we all have our own risk profile, I mm. call it. Yep. But stepping out of tell me a little bit about stepping out of a comfort
0: 80%. level because there might
1: be people that are a bit stuck at the moment who are watching this and they want to do something, and they just can't make that next step.
0: A great analogy is to think of the hula hoop. You know, there are things that you spin yeah. around. So if you were to step inside a hula hoop and everything you want, life, success, happiness, all those things you'd like to achieve are just outside of that ring, but you don't step over it, which means mm. you don't take the actions to, no. to get to where you want to. And another way I think of it is like a, a you're in, inside that hoop and the reason you don't step over it is because, you, you know, in the old days you used to have a ball and chain, like a heavy oh, yeah. weight with a chain yeah. on it. You're just tied to that chain and you mm, don't mm, go mm. any further. So, Is by, that a mental thing though? Yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's 100% a mental mm, thing. Mm. Yes. So by a strategy for just stretching that comfort zone a little bit at all times mm. is to break down the next action re- to make it really small. So it just means if you need to well, – let, let's – Let's say you want to, you're an investor or you want to buy an investment property or right. you want to do a development. You need yeah. to decide what do I need to do next? And that might mean understand which is going to make me the most money in the next five years. So yeah. that's a really big statement, Bob. Hmm. So, what is the next step to yeah. finding that out? Which is for something really small like creating a spreadsheet. yeah Yeah, research yeah but but the spreadsheet is the first action okay and then labeling the spreadsheet is the next action so bring that actions because i think then well i know then you're just like just putting your toe over the edge Mm. of that of that hoop of that hula hoop and you're just going that little bit further and that little bit further and before long you you've just a little bit of comfort stretching at a time yes never go big it's like when you scare a child with it if you ever popped a balloon in front of a child and then they'll just never go near a balloon Mm -hmm. again Mm -hmm. you just don't want to scare yourself you want to keep going so you need to take really tiny tiny steps don't look at the big picture because that is just
1: Mm, you've gone
0: oh you've gone way too far out of the hula hoop yeah yeah. and when you're picturing too far away too hard
1: yeah yep yep yeah okay so i I guess what i've been saying is in life we often what seems a big thing to us we pluck up the courage we do it and Mm. as you say even in segments in steps and when we've done it we think oh that was okay that wasn't as scary or as bad as I thought, mm. and then you sort of look a bit forward. Well, that's the next thing. And I think, you know, when we're talking about property development and we're saying property investment versus property development, but what we're really saying, I guess, in a way is when and why and how would you take that step? Because it is a big step in a way to go from property investment to property development because when you buy a property investment, it's there it's it's already been created it's been built it may even have tenants in it Mm. if it's uh you know like a an older property that's been around a little while or you might be buying a brand new property off a developer and you have to get the tenants but it's there it's finished it's there and that's and you pay retail price and 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 retail price is fine because that's what you pay for a finished product but then if you want to be doing development you're actually creating that product as a a developer and so for some people that is a big step you know you've got to buy the land you've got to get approvals, got to get a builder to build it for you then you've got to sell it so you've you've got to go through those steps
0: I think you alluded to something we discussed before before the before recording we were talking about the fact that when people invest in property they just don't realize that that a developer also gets that growth yeah. over that period of time because they might think, whoa, I've got an investment property in the last two years, it's gone up this much, which mm. has been fantastic because there has been growth. But the same has happened for developers. If yeah. they've got a project underway, that's yeah. gone up that much as well. So mm. their end result has gone up as well. So yeah. everyone gets Good that point. growth.
1: I have had people say, you know, when the market's going pretty well, they say, oh, you know, the market's going so, so well, I'll just remain a property investor and I won't worry about property development, but you've just raised that point. And you know, so let's say you've got a two year development uh, project that's from two years from the time you, let's say settle the site to the time you sell and settle your finished product, two years, okay. So if you sell your product at the end and not let's say at the development permit stage where you might be looking for pre-sales, I always prefer to sell my products at the end and, and so you get that two-year growth mm. plus you get your profit. So you're not foregoing the growth at all by being a property developer if you sell at the end. And, and that's the beauty of it. So, you know, if, if this particular property went up $60,000 over that two-year period, if you own an, an investment property, well, as a developer, and we did a duplex, we get the two lots of 60, which is 120000 plus the profit on the two which could be, you know, it depends, another, say, 500000 So we make 700000 whereas the investor made 200000 mm. We We had to take risks, I suppose. We had to do stuff. We had to do work. Uh, but that's what we do. We're property developers, and that, that's why we make that extra $500,000. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Another point, Bob, that I'd like you to explain, because I heard you explain it to somebody else in the last few days, and I thought it was really useful, and it's something that people don't consider, is it really whether you're doing property investing or property mm. developing at the end of the day it is about your capital it's about mm. the money you have and getting your money to work smarter for you and and make more money because money that is really at the end of the day we're all doing this to yeah. have more time and and have a better lifestyle and to do that we need we need money mm. so we're talking about capital money how much yep. money you have so it just explain like you did the other day to that younger person who was yeah. inquiring for you and, and asking you, should I do – they they did ask you, should I – they asked this exact question, actually. Mm. Should I sell an investment property and use the money to go into developing? And it was a family member, so, you know, Bob did yeah. have an open conversation because, they, you know, it was family.
1: Yeah, and the subject came up off that of is your return on your investment or, right. or return on your capital because – the capital that you put in is your investment. And so the beautiful thing is uh, is gearing, what we call gearing. So gearing is being able to borrow money. So let's just say when you buy a property, the, the financier might say, well, look, you put in 20% deposit and we'll put in the other 80% loan. And so that, that gearing is four to one. They'll put in four times as much money as you. And yes, you, you do have to pay interest on that, but then you may be getting uh, rent to compensate for a lot of that interest at least. So what's your return on capital? And, and that's the power of gearing. So let's say that property, let, let's say you had a, a, a $500,000 property you bought when you put $100,000 deposit, the, the financial you four hundred, it's you buy a $500,000 property. Let's say that property went up by $100,000. And 12 months. Oh Well, that'd be nice. That's 20% in a year, which is not an which, which is quite unusual. Well, we have, what,
0: what number would be? No, let's, let's, let's just let's, use that as well, a
1: let's number. Say, let's say ten percent.
0: Ten percent.
1: Okay. Let's keep it simple. So it went up fifty thousand dollars in a year, which is great. So that's your capital growth. Went from five hundred to five fifty, and and so, but you only but you put a hundred in. So you really got that fifty thousand dollar increase in equity by investing a hundred thousand dollars. So that's like a fifty percent return during that year on your capital. Mm. Now, it's not always 10%, but let's just pick it because it's a lovely round number to work with.
0: Mm.
1: So it's a return on your capital, and that's often what we look at. So as property developers, we do that too, and, and we can gear as property developers. And so what would happen is we the, the financier might lend us, let's say, 75% of our costs. We might put in 25% of the cost, out in 75 Once again, gearing, that's mm. a three-to-one gearing, for property development and that that can vary. And so we can get a big uplift as well on the property development, but we can also get that other uplift on the market going up, Mm. like we just explained before. And so typically for property developers that are in that sort of one to three, one to four sort of gearing, let's say one to four gearing on on a normal development project without any growth at all, The return on capital is typically between about 50 and 80 percent. It does depend on the margin, the profit margin of the project, and the profit margin depends on the size and other things, you know. But so we're getting between 50 and 80 percent annualized return. I'm not talking about a flat return on your investment over two years, I'm talking about annualized. What I mean by that is the percentage that you return you're getting per annum, Like Mm. like if you're talking to the Commonwealth Bank and you said how much money, how much interest can I get in the year and they might say, oh, you get three percent, I means three percent annualised.
0: Mm.
1: And so as developers, you know, 70 percent is sort of where the mark is, annualised, which is a huge increase than and say what you get at the bank, but then you're doing more effort and you and you're taking more risk and putting it in the Commonwealth Bank. So yeah, so we get that growth mm. from, and and from the gearing of the development. Ultimately, we're also getting that growth Probably. from it going up. But then, if we keep some of the product that we develop as a long-term investment, then we continue to get that growth. And then, if you look at that down the track, that uh, you know what it might be worth in five years or ten years, and the amount of capital that sits in there, it might almost be no capital because when we develop, we and we hold property, we generally use our profit as our deposit when we get the finance when we've completed. And our profit could be all of the deposit we need. And so technically, we're not leaving any capital in there, we're just leaving our profit in there. And so our return on capital is, well, there's almost like getting growth forever plus your profit uh, and leaving no money in the deal. Might be a bit confusing, and might have to show you. On the
0: I'm thinking. Sometime. I'm almost thinking that you should put that on a whiteboard for because for a lot of we probably <laughs> mm. lost a few listeners then, and if you still stay on through that one. It,
1: I suppose what it boils down to is investors pay retail price, yeah, and they still do well. Mm. Developers, well, we pay absolute raw cost, mm. and and we can accumulate a lot of property a lot faster. Mm by getting property at raw cost compared to retail than a normal investor.
0: So which is right for you, you, what What you've gone down the road of just now is if you develop, you can do both. You can keep and yeah, versus and, and just Yeah,
1: that's the beauty of it. Of you, investing. you keep some of what you develop and you're getting it at absolute raw cost.
0: I'm going to go back to our young people conversation that, hmm. that asked because it wasn't a huge amount, but you explained to them, well, if you look at the market's gone up, and where, they, where this place is and mm. what it's likely to do over the next few years, your capital has probably made the biggest chunk it's going to make for a long time. Mm. So it almost would make sense to, to, yeah. to change that situation.
1: Yeah, in that particular situation, it did have a big jump in that first year yep. and it went up in value roughly equal to the dollar value that it went up roughly equal to the amount of money or the deposit that went in. So technically in that 12 months, they got 100% return on their capital. Yep. But then if it doesn't go up in the next 12 months, that becomes that same amount of money over two years and that drops back to 20% return. So it's great looking at it over one, one year. So the question is, and, and you know, it's not always easy to answer. what is it likely to do in the next few years Mm. and we we know that particular market they're probably not going to do a lot in the next few years Mm. in which case the actual return will 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 diminish and so the question is in their case well do I just sit it out look at it as a long-term investment and property is a long-term investment Mm. it's not like the commodities market where you you know you're buying and selling on a daily basis so uh or currency, or anything like that. I mean, it is a long-term play property development, and it should be so. So the question for them is: Well, do I just leave it in there, just plant it? Uh, it's, it's pretty much carrying itself with rent mm. and, and forget about it, or do I cash out now and do something else with that money that might give me a better return in the coming in the coming years? And it depends what what it, that other thing is.
0: Well, the, the, it could be crypto. It could, no, because their question was should, machines. no. <laughs> their question was, should we invest in a development? That's mm. what they said. Mm. And I think that when we read out the, the topic, which was property investing versus property developing, which is right for you, and then we added right now. Mm. It's really around, the question is right now. Hmm. And anyone listening to this podcast probably needs to realise that it's a right now situation. What's best for you right now? But And you said that at the start, our life hmm. changes, things evolve. And and just eliminating your risk profile and your comfort zone because those are things that shouldn't hold you back. Well, comfort zone shouldn't risk profile, perhaps. Yeah, it's that, an individual yeah, thing, that's but different. you can
1: do things to improve it.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then... Right now, what is the best thing for those people to do? Yeah, it probably is that if you're looking at it at a purely financial reason. Mm. But I suppose that what we really should look at is my favorite thing what is the end result? What are yeah. you after? Like, what mm. is do you want to have five, 12 investment properties paid off or, or generating a fabulous income to you mm. by the time you're 45? Is that your personal goal? And if that's the case, really, you're
1: then, only going to get that one way.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but I'm going to go, the only way you're going to do that, Bob, is to assess every year that you're on track. And if you're not mm. finding, then you've got to make some better decisions because it's all good and well having a goal. Yeah. But if you're not assessing that, you're actually mm. a, a getting your way toward it, then you're not going to get there. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I've read them again recently. The mm. number of people who buy one investment property, it's it's a reasonable percentage of the, let's say, the working population who, who at least have an income, mm. you know, when you cut out, like, school kids and babies and you know. that. It's a reasonable number and, and Australians love property. But the number that end up having two, it drops off and three just drops off like off the cliff. Mm. And and so what it says is people often have a crack at property investment but they often don't last the distance or they don't buy more or they don't end up with enough. Like if you want to retire at a particular age, and that'll depend on your current age just how many years away that is, and you're looking at property as, as being a big piece of that I mean, how many do you need to own? You know, if the sort of properties that you're looking at buying might net, say, might be a good ones. Say they net twenty-five thousand a year, and you might say, well, I can I can live on seventy-five thousand a year. So you'd need three properties unencumbered on, on today's dollar value, you know. And uh, but like, how many people end up with three unencumbered properties? So and this this super comes into it as well cuz mm. you know, if you're on a salary you're getting super put away but, but what is that in gold how many properties do you need and and basically most people never have enough properties to no to certainly to live it's off it's a
0: real and it's helps a bit it's a bit of an illusion really isn't mm. it it's it's something that's made to sound like it happens yeah. but there are very few people actually mm. follow through with it mm.
1: and a lot of people don't like negative gearing i mean we haven't seen a lot of negative gearing in past years because the interest rates have been so ridiculously low but that that they were there for a particular reason mm. and now they've come back to getting close to the 30-year average. Mm. And so when you get to a point where interest rates go up uh, and you move into that phase of negative gearing, it's not a comfortable position. And a lot of people don't want to live most of their life in negative gearing world mm. just so that at the end of it they can do a flip and uh, go into the income phase, you know, by retiring debt. So uh, the, the bottom line is if investment properties uh, the way that you're going to help fund your retirement, then you need several of them. And and you're only going to do that if you're on a ridiculously high salary, which obviously the average person isn't, uh, or you're going to have to do property development and, and then get to a point where you start to keep some of your properties at absolute raw cost, mm. where you're leaving your profit in as your deposit, and, and therefore you can do it so much faster.
0: What I see, Bob, because it, it's me that talks to... Most people that mm. call up really, yeah. but I the, the story I hear is that people get tapped out. Though they're, they're on, and they've got two, ability. yeah, or they might be, they might have three, mm. but mostly they're at two, um, and then they've, they just tap out. Yeah, I, I did and, speak to somebody this week. They had a few more than that, uh, and good on them. That and and yeah. and they they had a, a goal in mind. So that sort of pulls back to where I was just saying you might have a goal, mm. but are you on track for that and what's the reason for that goal? Is it to, when we say retire, it doesn't mean you're retiring because you're 50, 60 uh-huh. or 70. It might mean you're retiring because you don't want to work in a, in a, for an hourly rate uh, once you're 35. Mm. Yeah, it could be any number. Mm. You know, Retiring mean just means not working for the man anymore, working for yourself and yeah, having your time could, as could your mean, own. could mean that. Yeah, so I think that a lot of, people have that desire and then they don't really keep in touch with it hmm.
1: yeah i mean you've got to have an end game you've got to have an end plan yes uh, and, and most people don't yes <laughs> don't think about it until they're, until they're about five years off retirement and they think oh my god i'm not going to get there i'm going to have to work till i'm 80 or something
0: let's put that as a i dare you I dare you to send me <laughs> send me an email with what's your end game and you know what? The best thing that will do will, will make you decide to have one and make mm. one.
1: So Best thing you could ever do.
0: Yeah, create
1: it. And, a- and then reverse it, reverse engineer it. Mm. Well, that's what financial planners often ask people to do, you know, at their interview at first is, mm. you know, let's see how old they are, how old you want to be when you retire, what's a comfort comfortable income for you when you retire, let's bring it back to now. So you're going to have to do these things mm. to get to that point and, and it might be that some of those are... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll use the term higher risk, higher income type type investments mm. to get you there because you might be running out of years, uh, you know, and those sort of things. Well, we we do that too, but we because property is our our lifeblood. Uh, we we're, we're heavily on property. I mean, we've got slightly diversified investment portfolios, but they're heavily weighted on property. Why well, wouldn't they? Because we we create property. You know, mm. that's what we do, and and so if that's the goal then to really get there, it's got to be something more than just passive investment.
0: Which brings me to my next point, Bob, which is timing. Timing mm. is everything. And yeah. when is the best time? And I know what you're going to say. <laughs> When's the best time? To to, yeah. <laughs> so property tree. investing versus property developing, which is right for you at the moment, or, you know, now, mm. w- what would you say would be the best well, time? I'm going to
1: be slandered, obviously. Yeah. I'm biased towards property development because I've done it for a long, long time and it's been very kind to me. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: and and I, you see, like, like we are mm. investors as well as developers. Like it's not a matter of being one or the other
0: mm.
1: because as developers we keep some of our investment properties, therefore we are investors. It's just that we get them at, at absolute cost as opposed to retail like the normal person out there. And so we can accumulate known a lot more properties than the normal person out there. And, and so... It, We love investment, but we create investments from development, so as far as I'm concerned, the sooner you do that, the better. And if you don't have a lot of money, there's creative strategies for doing that, which we teach, we have a lot of students use those. But look, for some people, it might be swallowing the bitter pill that they may have to sell a couple of investment properties to get into property development, that can happen. and. It's, sometimes you've got to go sideways before you go forwards. Mm. You know, it reminds me of the old snakes and ladders game I used to play mm. a lot when I was a kid. And uh, to go up the ladder, sometimes you've got to throw a three, mm. and that might mean selling a couple of properties. Mm. Because at the end of the day, it's opportunity cost. Mm. It's, what, it's what is the best thing you can do with your money. Now, money will go wherever you tell it to go. It'll-
0: I believe that that's the crux of this podcast. Mm. It, it, is, it is that. What is the best thing you can do with your money? I think, as well, I know as humans and being mm. one myself, so I'm guilty of this. You get lazy with your strategy because you do mm. start doing something and then you just run out of yeah. time, you don't want to, address, you just don't address it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I that is really the crux of it. It's I'm holding my hands on like a ball because that's like to me, that's capital. How do you grow that ball? Mm. And it's mm. just what you said,
1: yeah, and of course we talk about transitioning from investment to development, it doesn't mean you drop everything to become a developer. We we often say to people, don't give up your day job straight away because you can do a project or two projects easily with a full-time job. We often say, well, look, sometimes to get those first one or two off the ground, it's handy to have a job.
0: Can I just pop in here? Now, someone's listening and we had this conversation yesterday so that he didn't, I haven't told him, but he just said that. So I hope you've taken that on board. (laughs) Okay.
1: So a couple of things for people, investors, it might mean to get the capital to be able to make a lot more money. You may have to sell a property or two. Uh, But secondly, if you've got a day job, get get one or two under your belt. And if you're going to leave the day job to do property development full time, think about maybe at, at the settlement time. Like, uh, let's say you're doing some upmarket duplexes, you know, that sell for around two mil. Let's say you're doing one of those. You're making, you know, five, five fifty profit. Well, that's a good time to toss the day job in at the settlement time because you might put, uh, you know, 150 aside. That might carry you for, well, it depends on your lifestyle, of course, how long that's going to carry you for once you drop your income. And then some of that other equity out of that you can roll in and it's good to get the right sort of structure so you can roll profits into next projects and, and that sort of thing and uh, that might be the goal as well
0: and another thing just talking about creative strategies and if you aren't able to actually get straight into developing there is the opportunity to invest in other people's developments mm-hmm. and we have people do that all the time and we have well, we have
1: Well, some people invest in projects we do.
0: Well, other people people do, and this isn't a plug for that. But I will put in the bottom of this podcast, there is a a book on armchair investing, and it's written Mm. for the investor to read. So if you're interested in learning a little bit more about the questions you need to ask if you are going to invest in other people's property developments, this is a fantastic book. Bob wrote it because we had quite a few phone calls and, from people who had invested and not asked smart questions and had been caught mm. and just made silly decisions. Yeah, Bad, right. Not silly, just made just decisions because they were not informed about what they needed to know before they moved forward.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I've often had the conversation with people over my four decades as a property developer. Uh, sometimes just people, you know, just approach us you know, because of our profile. They may have invested in somebody's project. It's not hasn't gone the way everybody wanted to. And and quite often when I talk to those people, I can see that um, it's just ignorance on their part. They just didn't know enough. Uh, They didn't know the questions to ask. They didn't know the things to look out for and what makes one a good one and not one not such a good one. And and that's why we wrote that e-book, Hmm. uh, The Armchair Developer Strategies. Armchair developer, meaning more an investor who invests in someone else's project. And, uh, And look, property development done well makes really good profits, uh, there's two ways of making profits out of property development, as you know. You could be a property developer, and that's you know, have a lot to do with that. But you can invest in somebody else's project as well, and you can make good returns doing that. Mm. That's what we call an armchair developer. It's really an investor investing in a property development project and deriving some of the benefits of that by not being there. Not everyone wants to be a developer,
0: or but everybody wants time. to make money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know many people that don't want to make money. Uh, but
0: mostly at, they don't know how. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that's there's true. things to be aware of if you're going to uh, invest in somebody's project. And that's why that ebook we wrote from yep. the
0: investor's I'll point get, of view. I'll get that put so in the on the link bottom. will be down the bottom. Yeah. Our, well, it's probably about time to wrap up. I think our big takeaway would be keep your eye on the ball. This is about money. Mm. Is your money making you enough money? Yep. Could it make you more money? Mm. And that's when it's time to think, it could make more money yeah. from developing than just sitting. Yeah. We've had a massive growth. For some people, they'll be sitting on investments. You can... Quite
1: a lot of new equity in their
0: Yeah, and their equity stuff. is money sitting there doing nothing. Yeah. And to get it making more money for you then yeah. maybe looking at going into developing, well, definitely or, looking at going or into Or investing, developing.
1: like we just talked about. Yeah, but or doing, investing. Doing something that produces a better return than just the passive sort of development, uh, passive investment.
0: And then the other takeaway would be uh, last week's email, we talked about just reassessing a strategy all the time mm. and I have alluded to it, making sure that you check on a regular basis, at least annually, that mm. you are on track to head to what it is that you want to achieve. So whether that be financial yeah. freedom by 35, 45, 25, I don't know. Where, where and you need
1: at? some sort of clarity around that. what is it that you want to achieve.
0: Yes. What,
1: that's different things for different people. Exactly. And, and when do you want to achieve it by?
0: So on that note, I've got one last one last thing to bring up, Bob. April the 22nd is our Yay. free masterclass. Yay. Love them. So it goes from 9 to 1. It'll, it, it's usually 9 to about 12.30 actually, but we say 9 to 1. It's free. Bob takes you through the process of property development. It is worth coming to. Talk uh,
1: about some creative strategies as well.
0: Do talk about creative examples yeah. of, of how to do property development if you don't have a huge amount of money or, or whatever that looks like for you. So you're welcome to come along. There'll be a link in the bottom and I actually said over the last two podcasts that it was the 9th I got it wrong. It's not, it's the 22nd. I don't know what I was April. thinking. Yes, it was the 9am I looked at the oh, time. Oh, okay.
1: Yes. 22nd of April. Yes. Saturday, 9am East Coast time. It's, no daylight saving at the moment. Is it?
0: Yeah, we'll because see you there. We're all
1: the same on the East Coast.
0: Yes, we are. 22nd of April.
1: Okay, masterclass, good.
0: So we'd love to see you there. It's a it's a fantastic event that we have every year. Yep. All right. We will catch you soon. So. Property investing versus property developing, when is the right time, which is right for you right now, the one that makes you the most money? That's the answer, isn't it? That's a good answer. That's a good answer. (laughs) All righty. Bye for now. Bye.